Welcome to the Inside Out Style Podcast with Imogen Lamport, your scientist of style. Each episode, you'll get real-world style advice for women of every size, shape, and age. And now, here's Imogen. Hi there, I'm Jill Chibbers from Shop Your Wardrobe and 16 Style Types. And I'm Imogen Lamport from Inside Out Style and 16 Style Types. Today, we wanted to talk about having a future-focused wardrobe. Now, this is something that some people think more about and others never have occurred to them in their entire lives. (laughs) But it is one of those things that I always think about when we think about our wardrobe. Everything in our wardrobe is based on the past because everything in there, we bought it at some time in the past. Uh, And whether or not we still need it in our wardrobe. So maybe based on it's based on the future where we're going in our lives I always think our wardrobe wants to be helping us get what we want out of life so if we have goals if we have even just you know these are some things and vague ideas of things we may want in our lives it's still worthwhile thinking about is do I have the wardrobe that's going to assist me to get to where I want to go yeah it's a really intriguing idea because uh, I am one of those people that do not think in future-focused um, terms. I, I often think in past-focused terms. How is the past helping me to deal with the present and how might it help me to inform the future? So it's sort of a bit almost a lens through which I navigate time and decisions that I'm going to make. And there are others of a similar personality type to mine. I would hazard a guess that uh, other SJs um, have a similar kind of approach, maybe other Js, but particularly SJs. Um, and maybe SPs have a, a not quite the same, but that sensing element of tangible concreteness, which informs how they approach life. When I think about big mistakes I've made in my wardrobe, it's often not about I'm thinking about a future life and my, how my style is going to serve me. It's about an imagined life in the future when I am a director of films or, you know, when I live in New York City or it's something that's not exactly ridiculous, but it's not actually, it's not even a dream. It's, it's a fantasy. Is it even a fantasy? It's certainly not anchored to reality or any pathway that I am on. So I, I haven't made uh, what I would call a William, you know, high cost mistakes in my wardrobe, but I've sure made my fair share of them. And I look at some of them and I think that's for a fantasy imagined life. And so for me, this is where this future focus thing can be a bit fraught. I think it's powerful, but I have to be careful with it so that it is actually, I kind of almost have to take it in bite-sized pieces. Otherwise, I get overwhelmed by it. Um, and, and I can't use it properly. Whereas I think there are other types that are naturally inclined that way. When they make decisions with this orientation towards time, they're, they're sound, they're inspired. Uh, they're at their most stylish self when they're leaning into the future. And I think this is another great, you know, we've talked about our 16 startups houses having a wraparound veranda. Well, this is another window that you can look in and, and we see different things. Yes, and it's what is the future to you? Because so your future probably either it's some, you know, fantasy imagined future. And like, it's so funny you talking about that because it just immediately brought to mind an experience I had very early on in my English consulting career where I went shopping with this young woman who lived in a uh, West Australian mining town. 
So I can only imagine a lot of red dirt was mm-hmm. in the atmosphere of where she lived. And she was the mother of a like a one-year-old and a three-year-old. So life is pretty practical when you have kids of that age, when you live in a small mining town. And one of the things she bought, not at my recommendation, I was like going, are you sure about this, was a white silk dress. Right. And I am not sure what she was imagining where she would wear this, but I felt like this is a fantasy item. This is Mm. for a fantasy lifestyle that kind of I don't really have at this time. Um, and it's funny because I and may never have and may never have but I think she had some sort of fantasy idea of somehow swanning about at a garden party or I don't know what in her white silk dress somewhere with grass perhaps yes with grass not red dirt <laughs> but it was it was something because I remember thinking why on earth did she buy this like everything she told me about her lifestyle and what she wanted she talked about I need practical clothes I've got you know babies I you know I'm a mum of young kids I'm at home I live in a mining town like everything she told me she was saying I need practical 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 and yet fantasy white dress appears as something that she ends up you know really desiring highly and I mean, this is where a style can go very, very deep because, you know, I mean, there's the surface level of that story, which is that item makes no sense for the life that she's living now. Then you go a little bit deeper and, and, and you really can go very deep. You know, style can go right to our sense of identity, how we feel about our lives, what we're happy with, what we're unhappy with, what our aspirations are, what we feel our accomplishments are. We've all heard of imposter syndrome. Sometimes style can tap into a sense of, I want to be somebody that I'm not, um, uh, which is what imposter syndrome is, you know, related to that uh, I'm wearing a mask. And at any time that mask could be ripped off and the real horrible revolting me will be revealed to the world. And so I cover it up. Um, and, And so when you think about all the various elements and somebody buying an item of clothing so clearly out of step with her current reality, it could, it's an invitation, whether accepted or not, to explore those deeper things about, you know, what's going well in her life and what isn't and what she's unhappy about. And, and so it really can, style can go to the absolute core of who we are. And so, you know, we think we're talking about future-focused wardrobes, and we are, but we're actually going really deep into what motivates us and what represents psychological comfort, what re- represents psychological challenge and what represents psychological pain to us because sometimes we do want our staff to challenge us it's important it 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 propels us forward when we're challenged but then we reach a point where it's no longer a stretch and we're actually hurting um, or it's not serving us um, or it's taking us backwards and uh, you know these are all fascinating elements to think about because there is no one definition fits everybody in exactly the same way. Um, you know, I, I think of the N types, the eight types with N in their type code as having a more natural orientation towards the future. NPs different to NJs, but nevertheless, this, this sense of where I am now is not necessarily my ultimate frame of reference. Um, and, you know, as an intuitive, I'm sure you you, you live this idea of how the future is part of your present, 
Well, I'm guessing. It is. And in fact, it's so part of my present. It's very hard to stop and and actually appreciate when I've achieved anything. Like that's one of, I think, the biggest things I notice is like the minute some goal is ticked off, I'm already onto the next. I I find it very hard to ever stop and go, well, that was great that I did that. Like it's, I'm I'm already on to the next thing in the future. Mm. Um, and I think when I think about wardrobe in that way, it's always like, well, where am I, what are my goals? And are these things that are, are taking me towards the, the me I am now and when I'm going into the future rather than the me I was in the past? And thinking mm. about future focus is a really interesting thing. We're thinking about should I keep it or should I let it go in my wardrobe? Yeah. Now, Jill's got an amazing blog post about 36 ways to cull your closet, of which one of the questions is, can I imagine wearing it in the future? And for me, as an intuitive type who lives in the future, this is a really important question because just because I've worn it in the past and maybe it's been a great article, but I've, you know, it may not be the me of where I'm going now. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's the, you know, and I may not have worn it for a while, but I can still imagine wearing it again. But versus there'll be other things I think that's just not me anymore. I've moved on from that version of me to a new version of me or it's starting to emerge this new version of me it may not be fully you know realized yet can you talk a little bit more because this is so fascinating and so different <laughs> to how I think. can you talk a little bit more about this future version of yourself and uh, is it like what's that like is that a picture is it a feeling um like how how does that show up I don't even know the words to use to try and describe I'm trying to put boundaries I'm trying to like touch it and feel it but talk a little more about that like most things it's not a real it's ne- it's always a fuzzy picture never a for me what's very rarely is it a solid picture sometimes I'm like oh you know I'd like you standing on a TED stage and you know but I haven't got the the exact picture is never quite there um but it is a, I think it's, there's a lot of feeling in there, in a way, it's the, like, that's an old, it's almost like, I think, a shedding of skin, in a way, where we've kind of gone, that's who I was. But particularly if I think about maybe, and maybe we're more like goal, you know, that, that sort of goal focused in a different way, I'm sure, you know, senses uh, have their own way of thinking about goals. But there is something about the me I need to be to achieve that goal is may not me, the me that I was when I achieved something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in some ways, I think it's an aspirational version of me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can't picture, I absolutely cannot picture it specifically, but yeah. it's, it's definitely much more feeling related. Um, yeah in in that way and like most of my things it's a little bit fuzzy but I'll know it when I see it and I think that's and particularly as an NJ type which is the knowing without knowing there is a a lot of it is I know it when I see it and I know it's either right I know it's wrong and I don't have to think too much about it that's so so fascinating very very different to how I approach things but other NJs we've worked with report similar things and and Jane our our co-founder of 16 style types preference for INFJ I know I've been shopping with her. You know, I, I went shopping with her to help choose a piece of jewellery to go with an outfit to her son's wedding. It was a casual outdoor wedding in um, the American summer. And uh, we spent over an hour in this particular store in Melbourne. 
And um, consulting with Jane on that was a really informative uh, and a, a really quite a beautiful experience because it was not clear to her. She had a broad sense there was a colour scheme in mind, but everything else was sort of open. And it was a very fluid kind of thing. Um, and so I had to check some of my natural tendencies to bring things to conclusion. Right, not doing these, but we are doing that, which I would do. Right, let's take these six things out. Which was just like no, I don't think I don't think we do want to take those six things out necessarily. We might, we might not. So I, I was checking some of my natural things, but this this sense of sort of moving through the possibilities. And what Jane has done in other parts of her life is she has nailed some things down because uh, this navigating through has taught her things like no satin, no sequins, no frills, nothing shiny. Um, you know, so she she has, through this process, put some concrete definition, I think, out of frustration from having to compress the time frame to make some decisions, either shopping, packing, getting ready for events, curating a wardrobe. So she's she's almost sort of, she's introduced things that are not a natural tendency for an NJ to make her style life work better. Yeah. And I think that's, that whole idea of it's not clear, but I know it, is really a hallmark of NJs. I think too, we can often have criteria. So she's, some of her criteria, and that's from experience, where she's gone, every time I've tried the ruffles or the frills, I just don't feel good. So she's gone, that's now, a, I tried it, not me. Um, and so I think you, that's when you can start to nail down some, what I'm, what it's not, but she hasn't nailed down what it is. Mm. <laughs> Apart from her colour palette, which she yeah, got apart from the colour palette. But that's mm -hmm. the thing is, the rest of it's still a little bit, it, it's it, it's like the mist hasn't cleared yet. And and I know that Sue Blair talks about. Uh, ESTJ style news. Yes. yes. Um, but also she's a, you know, great type practitioner. And she will talk about the, the, the introverted intuition, which is the sort of intuition that NJ types have. She describes it as a mist clearing you're on a road there's a fog the fog clears and the picture becomes real and then in many ways that is what it feels like or like you've got the crystal ball you it's all cloudy and then it clears but you don't know you'll know the picture when you like when the fog is cleared absolutely you know it mm -hmm. you sometimes don't know what the picture is going to be until that fog, fog has cleared yeah 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 and then we think about our other four intuitive types that are NPs and, and often the metaphor is shooting stars or fireworks or popcorn or bouncing balls or you know this this sense of multiple opportunities options popping in the external world so this is what we're seeing so it, it manifests quite differently all intuitives are not the same so yes there is that sense of future focus which we see with both of those but when it comes to style um, we see a, a, a convergence with our NJs and with our NPs, the opposite direction. Uh, and it can result in this, this sense of a style that you can't see consistent through line. It looks really different in its natural form or in its consciously chosen form, which is why we see some NPs bringing it in. They have learned that all of those options can actually not serve them when it comes to curating a wardrobe, deciding what to let go. 
because it can be quite time consuming. It can, it can be energy lifting, but it's not efficient. And if efficiency becomes part of the equation, I actually need to get out of the house in, you know, a short period of time. I need to be able to pack so that everything fits into one suitcase, et cetera, et cetera. Then having a refined sense of dis discerned choices is helpful. But it's not the natural landscape in which NPs flourish. And it's not the thing that NPs tend to gift us when we are in interaction with us. Yeah. And I know from working with NP clients that often wardrobe editing can be really hard because, you know, even with clothes that are the wrong size and are maybe a 10 years old already or something, and you're not going to fit back into them until another two or three years you've got that, you know, like you may never fit back into them. But there's always the possibility that maybe one day I will. Um, <laughs> and, and, and it's the possibilities of that. Maybe I'll want to, oh, maybe I'll get invited. And I've had NP clients with me, oh, but I might get invited to a dress up party where I have to wear, you know, this right. thing could be a great part of that costume. Yeah. Right. Uh, so there's always a lot of like possibilities outside the kind of normal everyday in a way that may come up which can make it very hard. And this is where I think, but even then when I've been working them, when, when they actually start to nail down their own criteria, it becomes easier. Yes. So even if they don't want to have a very defined style, like some MPs have found is useful, they still, once they've started to figure out their own criteria, it actually still makes it easier because it's, and I think this is where it's self-imposed criteria, never externally imposed criteria. And this is why they are the biggest style rules are a load of bullshit people. Um, yes, don't fence me in. Yeah. yeah. So that's really something you'll hear a lot from an NP. Like it's all a load of, you know, bullshit and you should just throw them all out. There's no such thing. And uh, so, so, but when it's internally imposed criteria. Yes then it's guidelines and it's useful and it gives them something from which to make a decision on. Because also too, is there an element there with some NPs that they find it very hard to make any decision because the op you know, there's always more options and I don't want to limit myself. Um, yeah. And this is where that they can get stuck even when shopping. And we've seen this where they get stuck when they're going shopping where they can't make a decision because there may be another pair of pants in the next store. Like, you know, there will always be another pair of pants. So, you know, is this really the best option? I don't know, but I'm going to need to go and explore more options. Yeah. So I think this is where developing your own criteria, and this is what we really get deep into into our Your Type of Style program, is developing that set of criteria that work for you. And so it's an internally, you know, imposed set of criteria. Now, you may use some external criteria, that, you know, like some of the signs of style, like a color palette or a body shape recommendation, all those sorts of things, they can form part of that. But it's mm. not just about that. This is where, I, you know, I get so many people think, oh, I just need to know my body shape and then I'll have no issues with my style. Yeah, and it's right. like, you can know your body shape and you still won't be able to shop because you won't be able to decide, well, do I want, you know, this pencil skirt in a floral or a leopard print or do I want it in a checker or a stripe? Do I want it in... Uh, you know, you know, an abstract print, like, you know, the list can go on and on and on and it's done, we're still stuck. And this yeah. is where that internal criteria comes in and that until you actually start to delve into these things, you, you can still get very stuck in, you know, decision-making. 
Absolutely. Uh, you know, an example I have of a, a wonderful NP um, that uh, I worked with in San Francisco, not so much as a, in a formal way, but, uh, you know, a, a friend who asked me, some, asked me for some input on her style was someone who had taken the style rules to extreme. So just had recognised I'm possibilities, I'm options focused, so I need to nail this down. And she had narrowed down her style to such, it, it was limited for any, you know, if I think about an extreme version of, say, an ISTJ or other, you know, SJs, ESTJs, who like to have a limited um, palette from which to draw, she'd gone in even more extreme than that. So not recognising that this need for variety needs to balance and be part of the equation. And this is, again, what we offer in your type of style is to recognise that where you need to compensate, you never want to go too far away from natural tendency. Such a gift. That's your strength. That's what you're bringing to the world that's wonderful. It's also a way to claim who you are. This is why a lot of people find understanding their psychological type so valuable is where they've either felt out of step or just plain wrong or they haven't belonged or any other version of I am not right. Um, understanding your psychological type can give you back a sense of legitimacy that who I am is perfectly okay. In fact, it's more than perfectly okay. It's wonderful. Um, and so you never want to get too far away from your natural tendencies, but you also want to recognize where you have those blind spots and where they're going to serve you and where they're not. And every one of the 16 star types has strengths in the style um, arena and blind spots. Um, and so recognizing those, and we use terms like future focused. In fact, one of our modules has a whole section just on future focused wardrobes and how you can use that term to propel your style forward, to build you up. Um, if it's something that is, you know, you're not naturally drawn to or hasn't worked for you, how you can start to fold it in, in a way that feels safe and right to you, perhaps in a more incremental way. Um, these are all the different conversations you can have about your style. When you understand that missing piece, that internal driver, that motivation piece. So tell me, Jill, as an SJ type, in particular an S SFJ type, where future focus is not part of your natural lexicon, how have you thought about this for your own wardrobe? Uh, to me, it comes into wardrobe curation, which is how I think about the process of managing my wardrobe. I am constantly curating my wardrobe. Now, for those of you who think, you know, I have to be dragged into doing that twice a year, to me, it's uplifting, it's fun, it's energising. I'll often choose it as an evening activity if we have, my husband's a sporty type, I used to play professional ice hockey. And so if, if, you know, there's a couple of games on that he wants to watch and, you know, we're not watching a series on Netflix, so I might just choose to spend an evening in my wardrobe. And for me, it's really uplifting. And this whole future focus thing I've learned, just a little bit, just, I have to take it small, slow and steady, which is <laughs> probably in a half much how those naturally drawn to it, which is, you know, they're, well, they're just there. You know, it's learned. It's completely learned for me. And this, this sense of just because it worked in the past, I, I mean, I'm just so there. That is not even a question I need to ask because that question surrounds me. It's like the 
the water that the fish is swimming in. So for me, I have to ask that question of, is this still serving me? I start with today, the me I am now. And then looking into what I see of the future, which for me is kind of hard to see. I plan for it, but I can't see it. That's interesting, yeah. isn't it? Because you've talked about like that you're already planning outfits for later in the year. So you have then, got a... it's, it's I'm planning it for November 7. I'm not planning it for the future. No, I'm planning it for November 7. November 7 is the future, Jill. But it's it's just, it's no, it's not. Well, it is. It's in the future, but it's not the future. It's different. Ah, interesting. So it's the what is the future. <laughs> That's right. See, I don't know what the future is. <laughs> I have specific little things, boxes in a calendar that are in something called the future. <laughs> interesting. So, so yeah, so even though you're planning for the future, you don't think about it in a, in a broad global way. So it's that no. small detail focus rather than any sort of big picture of where I want to be or what type of person I'm going to be. But you have yeah. talked about when you are planning those outfits for the future, even though it's November 7, <laughs> that you still a future event, which is which is not for the, I'm sorry, I'm not hair splitting, but it, 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 it's a distinction. So I'm not planning for the future. I'm planning for an event in the future. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a very, but you've still talked about how that you're still thinking about, well, what do I want to be communicating and what's the audience? So you are thinking about all those same sort of questions that I might think about if I'm thinking about the future. Yeah. It's yeah. just a very, yours are very specific, detailed future versus mine's a big, blurry future. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So this whole, and this is where people get tripped up when they think they don't know what their type is because I think, oh, yeah, I think about the future. You know, I, I've known SJs who say, yeah, yeah, I think about the future. And all you had to do is ask them like three questions. It's like, uh, no, uh, well, you are, but it's really different to how an NJ or an NP or even an SP, it's really different to their attitude, orientation towards comfort levels, uh, ability to communicate what it is and what it isn't. You know, so it, it has a completely different complexion. All of us think about the future. We have to. Yeah. Life forces us to be present in the current moment, have some access to the past and have an eye on the future. Life forces us to do that, but we don't do it in equal thirds. We're not equally good at each one of those, you know. We're not naturally oriented towards all of those things. Um, you know, all you have to do is to just listen into normal conversation, which is also how you know type is real because you hear it in conversations where people will say the past is dead, the past is irrelevant. And other people go, are you kidding me? You know, the past tells us everything we need to know about the future. They're really different, really yeah. different. They are very different, aren't they? And it is something to think about. It's, you know, what is the future to you? How do you envisage the future? Where is your wardrobe taking you? You can just think about that one question we talked about is, can I imagine wearing this in the future? Um, yeah. Is the future me I want to be? Um, yeah. Because that is often, you know, one of the things I find when we are culling wardrobes is often these, uh, it's been a favourite and I've loved it, mm. you know, but maybe it's not me anymore. It's not yeah. a future version. And even when you are buying clothes too, in particular, to go, well, is this going to be working for my 
real future lifestyle rather than my fantasy future lifestyle because we've all bought some fantasy future lifestyle pieces in our lives I think um but you know if that's something that if you realize you get things home for a fantasy future lifestyle that might be something worth really thinking about and that's why our program is so great because it it gives you this opportunity in a structured way to to ask a lot of questions about you know how you are thinking about your wardrobe, what you're bringing in, and hopefully start to make you more aware so those mistakes stop happening. And the other great thing about your type of style is the Facebook group. Uh, women of all of the 16 style types have participated in the program. And so you get to see what other women are sharing about their journey. And it can be so illuminating because we can either have this sense of kinship, oh, great, somebody else is approaching this in a way that I can relate to, similar to me. The opposite can happen where we think that is so different, but isn't that awesome and amazing? You know, we get to see those those strengths and true, uh, we also see the blind spots that come through. It's a very safe, but also very stimulating um, place. Um, and of course, you share as much or as little as you like on the Facebook groups, up to you. But it's a really wonderful opportunity to see these differences in action in a way that is respectful um, and welcoming of those differences, particularly if you've thought, you know, so much of what I read on style, um, you know, it's 10, 10 things I've got to have or, you know, how to wear this thing that I absolutely freaking loathe and wouldn't wear if it was the last item of clothing on earth. Um, you can often think, well, look, there's nothing out there that is, is really for me unless you've been reading Imogen's style blog. Um, and so, you know, that's what's another great thing about the program is just meeting other women um, who approach style in their unique way, who are being welcomed and appreciated and reinforced for who they are and how they're approaching their style. Yeah, and I think you can just notice in our conversation how we as different types approach things in different ways and getting that understanding. And I think this helps in families too. Like generally our kids are not exactly the same type as us. And so mm. even being able to see people of a same or similar type to your own children or family members can also foster greater understanding. I think that's one of the joys of types is it helps you go, this is not that person trying to annoy me or that person, you know, wanting to wear something like, especially I've seen it with mothers and, and, and children where she's trying to wear things that, you know, and I don't think they're right. Mm -hmm. um, actually, she is a very different type and her approach to style is very different. And now I've seen other people of a similar type and they all go about it that way. It, it suddenly fosters an understanding that otherwise wasn't there that just can bring so much you know more joy to relationships yeah yeah you can let down some of the burdens that you carry around uh, some of those untested assumptions um, that can really trip you up and get in the way of having a clearer healthier happier relationship with other people it's, I mean honestly it's like gold dust to me it's magic you sprinkle it over um, you know, almost anything in your life and it illuminates it in a way that it was never illuminated before that's not to say type is the answer to everything of course it isn't it's not designed to be but when it is applied in the right way it is a gift yeah so we'd love to know your thoughts on a future focus what does a future focus wardrobe mean to you do you they've got the fantasy future a future for the next week rather than next year or a future in 30 years time where are you thinking about your wardrobe taking you Thanks for listening to Inside Out Style with Imogen Lamport. 
Be sure to subscribe to this podcast for more actionable style and color tips. And don't forget to visit InsideOutStyleBlog.com where you'll discover Imogen's encyclopedia of color and style advice to help you become your most stylish self. If you're enjoying what's here, please leave a review so we can bring you more of the content that helps you adore your wardrobe more so you can get up, get dressed and get out the door looking and feeling fabulous every single day.